In today's episode, I'm talking to Hepsi Godin from Martha and Hepsi. Hepsi runs the business with her sister, Martha. Together, they design beautiful, colourful homeware, stationery and gifts, all made in the UK. They live in Sheffield and North Devon, but successfully managed to run the business from two ends of the country, something that's become quite normal since the pandemic. Hi, Hepsi. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Let's start, as we always do, if you could maybe tell us a little bit more about you and how the business began. I'm one half of Martha and Hepsi. Uh, like Sarah just said, we're sisters. Um, I studied fashion design and business studies back in the day and Martha studied um, textile design at uh, Nottingham. I studied at Brighton and weirdly she had the same tutor as me so it, he went from Brighton and ended up in Nottingham <laughs> and met my sister which was a bit, don't know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, anyway uh, I went on to work in uh, marketing for a jewellery company for um, a fair few years um, and then was uh, made redundant. However before I was made redundant, I, I was on maternity leave and kind of were both quite frustrated with our jobs, um, needed a creative uh, outlet. So we had set up Martha and Hepsi whilst I was on maternity leave uh, with my second child. So we kind of ran it as a kind of five to nine hobby therapy. We're going to do this. Um, then I was made redundant. Uh, Martha was living in London. She was also made redundant within like a couple of um, months of me. So it was a now or never thing. Wow. Um, she returned to Sheffield and uh, yeah, so, um, so we just did it. <laughs> and how long ago was that? 10 years ago. Wow. So we've been, we've been around for 10 years. Um, I would say like being female and having children and stuff like that, we kind of, We've, we've survived for 10 years. I think we're coming into our own now mm. um, just because of the juggle. Yeah. Like you can't physically do everything. I couldn't have small children and really commit to my business. Like something had to give. So yeah. the business has done well, but I think it can do much better. Um, but now my kids are like older. They're pretty self-sufficient-ish. Yeah, that's such a common theme, isn't it? I mean, my kids are all grown up. I've got grandkids, actually. But I did when my kids were young. That's when I started my first business because it fitted in with school and it, yeah. you know, I was available when I needed to be. But yeah, there is the other side where you then have to be available for school runs and plays yeah and this kind of stuff and you're trying to juggle it all at the same time and it is a challenge yeah it's a big challenge totally yeah and my husband decided to uh, retrain as um, a primary school teacher five years ago as well so they were just like <laughs> we can't do it all um but yeah no we're we're ready to kind of like go yeah I think brilliant. so that's brilliant yeah so good. going back to when you first started how did it look for you then? Did you say, right, we're going to do this and it's all going to be online? Or did you have an idea of selling locally or in, in craft fairs or whatever? How, how did that look? Yeah, we kind of definitely did it, went online straight away because Martha was, um, originally she was in London and I was in North Devon, then she moved back to Sheffield. So we were, online was always a thing for us because we were in two different locations. Mm. It was, it, we had to communicate via online. So it made sense for us to be online. Um, also, I'd kind of like headed up the website in the, my previous company. So I kind of 
I wasn't I was no expert but I I knew that it was a, a thing that we needed to do yeah. um also kind of like financially it it made sense you could like expose all your products to lots of customers without having to have a bricks and mortar store and things like that so yeah online was always a thing everything's made either by us or by um, British companies so we're all we're very kind of like keen as a USP to have British yeah. made as, as our thing we tried to begin to kind of support our local areas so whether it was North Devon and Sheffield um like so we want, went to trade shows in um Exeter went to a trade show in Harrogate because they were our closest rather than mm. being like London centric but for trade shows it it, we did find in the end that we needed to be in London um, to because that's where the buyers were. Um, and then kind of like from a consumer point of view, it was online. And yeah, we have done up until kind of like the pandemic um, local shows, but it's, it's totally like you have to find the right one for you because mm. some of them you'll turn up and it's soul destroying you're like, <laughs> like especially in the first days <laughs> oh like you get there you've got like all these big thoughts of what you're going to take what you're going to sell and then like you'll sell like two cards so um we quickly kind of understood that and then found our kind of our tribe as it were mm. but whenever we'd go to a, a show it's kind of it would be it's a marketing activity it's not a sales activity because you absolutely you could sell loads of one thing one day and then the next night it, you wouldn't. It's just so yeah. kind of like unpredictable. And they're um, expensive to do as well, aren't they? A lot of them. And the, especially the bigger uh, ones, it's such yeah. a big outlay. And time and effort. Like It's great, um, especially as kind of a research thing as well to mm. find out what people like and how much they're going to spend and stuff. So you kind of have to take it as a, as a holistic activity not as a a sales and like obviously Christmas time you're going to be that's when your sales are more likely to happen at those sort of things because it's like the golden quarter but yeah yeah so do you uh, you say it's more of a marketing activity do you actually make an effort on at these shows to sort of gather kind of information from people or emails and stuff or do you not do you not do that we yeah we were used to to be honest we did have a mailing list but it's only in the past kind of like year that I've kind of honed in on being geeky slash savvy with um, mailing lists and, and things like that so kind of I knew about it I think definitely from our 10 years experience we've realized that you you need to focus whereas at the beginning it was like oh we can do this and 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 it's like it gets to a point when you look back and you know it's like ah we've got so much stuff and we don't know what we're doing we need to really focus um and and that's what we've kind of done over the past like 18 months is kind of really focus on on what we're doing and not try and do everything and definitely remove the comparison issue away like that that was a we definitely had a bit of comparison kind of what's the phrase or whatever it is <laughs> yeah well yeah it's the thief of joy isn't it basically doesn't matter what they're doing they haven't got two kids they haven't got like it doesn't matter um and you can you can make yourself look like you're doing really well when actually you're doggy paddling in yeah. the background you don't you just don't know what's going on with other people so no, I'm yeah. so glad you said that I'm so glad I'm not the only one that does that oh 
it's really easy yeah. to go down the rabbit hole of thinking oh my god look how many orders they're sending out look how good they're like look at this and look at that and you you don't know that they've just got like a massive loan from the bank and actually they they've got to do that because otherwise they how are they surviving you don't know whether their mums bailed them out with like a few hundred quid you just and you don't don't, actually know if they're profitable I mean they could be selling they could be selling thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds worth of stuff but if they're not making any money at the end of the day yeah and like and there'll be things like so we were on not on the high street and in the beginning people will be like oh look how many sales I've done and like Martha and I'd be like (laughs) but then you're like well actually they're only selling cards so they've got to sell thousands yeah. of cards. If you're only making 50p per card, yeah. like you've got to sell loads. Um, and it's all about getting that balance. I mean, it's great to know what's going on, but you really need to know your business and not kind of worry yeah. about what other people yeah. are doing. You've got to kind of stay in your lane. That's what they say, isn't it? Stay yeah. in your lane. Yeah. I mean, have blinkers on, but not in as much as, you know, you obviously you've got to be aware of what's going on around you but yeah it's just to kind of stay in your lane and focus and on on your goals instead of worrying about what other people are doing yeah very wise words yeah Yeah, definitely um it's e-commerce and the podcast is obviously about e-commerce website going back to the website did you build the website or did you get somebody else to yeah no so i did it and our first website was with mr site don't even know whether they're going at <laughs> Never the moment. Heard of it. Um, so uh, yeah, so like some old platform back in the day, I tend to be the um, main, I put my geeky head on and do it. Like Martha will take the photography and then I'll build it um, and put it together. So our first site was Mr. Site. And then about three, four years ago, we moved across to Shopify. Yeah because we're in e- we're e-commerce so we needed a like a, a good e-commerce platform yeah. so we moved across to shopify and i build it and sometimes fight with a bit of coding it looks amazing <laughs> i have to say it's a beautiful website um thank you and i'm in love with your puffin your your puffin oh design. yeah he's a He's a winner. Like our, our puffin is is definitely a bestseller. Yeah, he's. I really like that. <laughs> I was having a look and thinking, thank you. Oven gloves. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with the website, then I'm just looking on your website now. You've got a lot of products. You've got variations and stuff like that. What do you find is the hardest part with organising and managing the website? What's the hardest part for you? Basically, I've been going through a kind of definitely a transformation over the past year about like, whereas before I would just chuck it all on and stuff like that. Now I know how people are traveling to our website, what they want. So I'm sort of like moving things across. To be fair, if I gave it to the hands of an e-commerce geek, I'm sure it could be loads better Um, because we have got so many things but just sort of being able to put things in front of people understanding their journey Mm. from where they found us to what they need to get um the so important kind of yeah I said the one of the worst things that I struggle with uh, and that's why I only kind of like upload a few items at a time if we've got um like a new launch is just the like the descriptions understanding mm. the all the keywords that you've got to get into it but also make it fat like sound like us yep. rather than a are you looking for <laughs> um like just so it needs to have a bit of like bit of humor but a bit of 
personality yeah you've got to get your personality in it but then you have got always in the back of your mind thinking how are people going to search for this so that I can make sure I get those words and phrases and whatever in there but it doesn't look like definitely but not repeat them yeah so that doesn't look like some god-awful ebay or amazon listing title that just look ridiculous quite frankly and you yeah it's a challenge exactly and then but then kind of and it's different you have to have like a different mentality for the different platforms so we're really focused now on our kind of on our website if i'm selling on etsy i've got to know that how etsy works and their titles and their keywords and everything like that but also not necessarily as much as it's our our product on etsy i don't want it to Mm. compete as well so there's kind of it's such a kind of soup of things that you have to do um sometimes it's a bit lumpy the soup well I mean sometimes you've just got to kind of do it and get the best that you can out there and just yeah. tweak it as you go along I suppose so it's um it's the website Etsy and not on the high street are those the th- three places that you sell or is there anywhere else that you uh Etsy not on the high street friends by of Jules and our website are the the main kind of three online stuff and then we do have some wholesale customers okay. as well and so when it comes to getting people to your website what's your main sort of traffic source um now it well now it's it's facebook and we've had an amazing ride of the wave of facebook um advertising for the past year 18 months um there's a little bit of a storm yeah. going on Tell at the moment with uh like well there's obviously like the lockdown people opening up so they're not sat in front of Mm -hmm. their computers anymore they're like doing normal stuff uh ios updates before i could look at the data and go yes that's working now is it is it not i don't know like because people are it's a three-day delay on reporting and stuff like that so facebook ads have been really good however i have recently been putting a lot of effort into pinterest um just because we're like a very visual Mm. brand Pinterest is all about visuals so yeah I've been doing quite a lot of work on so do you do Pinterest ads or just Pinterest organic and just like posting Uh, I'm tinkering with Pinterest ads to see whether kind of they can give me any more traffic or better traffic than Facebook ads I think Facebook ads are like they're they're there to stay it's just I've got to kind of like just readjust it, it was easy you know when you get you rest on your laurels and you're like oh this is good sorted that and then all of a sudden you said eh. and I was like oh <laughs> okay so I've just got to go back to basics and sort that out so that always will be there but Pinterest I need to see whether it can it can do the same but it's a different person because they're they're searching for different yeah, things I, I don't so. I must admit I don't use Pinterest a lot but a lot of it's mainly women isn't it on Pinterest um yeah. And a lot of people use it for doing lots of research and looking for products and things. I, I don't do that. So I don't do much with Pinterest at all, actually. But I have heard that other people do have quite a bit of success with it. Yeah. And it's kind of if if we can build it on it, it's looking at other opportunities as well. So if we we're successful on Pinterest, yeah. but like with on a visual kind of point of view, and it may not necessarily be kind of um, driving huge amounts of traffic to our, our website. However, if we're like, I'm getting like 500,000 views a month on Pinterest and that's just me working on it in over like a few weeks. So it, there's potential, like if I'm getting views and surely we can potentially like partner with people yeah. or things like that. So it's kind of like looking at the, 
yeah the opportunities that are there not just the drive it to our website yeah and no- nothing's going to work overnight anyway isn't no it? especially something like that it's a case of have consistently posting over time and then people will slowly get to know you and I'm, I'm assuming there's there's obviously an SEO element of Pinterest as well yeah and like the whole subliminal thing so like I've yeah. started putting Christmas up already oh, knowing yeah. that like it'll just <laughs> trickle and then they'll yeah. come <laughs> So do you have specific Christmas designs? Because at the moment, I, hadn't, I didn't spot anything Christmassy on your website. Uh, yeah, so we do have um, our kind of like iconic Christmas design is our sprout, which is a, a, a bit off the wall because we're mainly kind of animals yeah. um, and nature. We first introduced our sprout as a kind of a homage to our grandmother who um, used to like <laughs> basically feed us the most disgustingly overcooked sprouts you know that it was like that's a memory of ours um and we made it onto some sticky tape and that was like a christmas sticky tape and then uh, eco awareness and stuff we couldn't move the, the sticky tape from it being plastic to paper um so we then made it into uh, our wrapping paper so we've got like brussels sprouts wrapping paper which kind of trickles over the year for like vegans and and uh, gardeners and and things like that but it, it's a real like christmas product um then we've got penguins again penguins like all year round but definitely at, um yeah. uh christmas time and what else have we got oh and then we've got a walrus who is like it, yeah we like push him to to christmas um and we're looking at uh, for this christmas to bring in a, a polar bear nice so. nice mm. and I can't, yeah it's june but i suppose you have to be already planning your christmas don't you and to get everything organized and everything um everything yeah done. so yeah <laughs> thinking about just uh, the challenges of running a business do you guys actually ship the products i know uh, we used to so we used to like absolutely have a high when we were like getting the like the um, orders through, packing them, annoying people at the post office because we had loads of bags. Yeah. Um, and then and like that's great and it gives you a real buzz. But then you realise that actually that that isn't the best use of your time. Um, and because we were split location, we both needed to have like stock in the same location. So it just like financially that would didn't make sense when we'd got yeah. to a certain size um so we have a fulfillment center which is actually in north devon um and we they pick and pack for us um they don't pick and pack our kind of like we have some bespoke products which mm. are made to order and things that they're, they're all sent to us and like our, our lamp will buy us and our lampshades we make and so we're sent but 85% of our products are, are sent by a fulfillment centre. And how did you go about choosing one? Did you just pick one because it was local to you? Yeah, well, I did want to either have one in Sheffield or um, North Devon so that we can like drop in, manage mm-hmm. our stock and have eyes on eyes on it, basically, because like we wanted it. It was a big thing giving all of our stuff to this uh, company. Um, and it just so happens that there's one like a mile down the road from us Um, and it's great because I can we've got a really good relationship I basically have um, an area where I can prep stock when it comes in if it's unprepped and then it goes in and yeah it's it it's worked out really well and I imagine that you didn't know yourself when you first did it and suddenly had all this time on your hands to actually yeah yeah exactly stuff other than pack parcels 
<laughs> well, and that's the thing, like when you run a small business, you have to do everything. And then all of a sudden you need to kind of like step back and go, why am I doing this? It's not the best use of my time. It's mm. not what I'm good at. Um, I need to be able to delegate it to someone who's better at it than me. Um, yeah. And to be fair, I was getting to the point when we were really busy of like, Meh, I don't want to be putting like things in like letters or boxes and stuff yeah it needs to go to someone that will care and be better about that process than we are because we've got so many other things to do yeah what are your kind of visions for I don't know maybe five years ten years our visions well I mean at the moment like I said we've kind of just um we've had a massive holistic review of our business and we have done kind of like what quite a lot of small businesses do which is kind of go oh I can do all of this stuff um so we're in the process of kind of a little bit of a refinement so that we can we can be a bit more slick about what we do we've also kind of philanthropy is quite a kind of a big thing for us so our um gift wrap which is one of our best sellers we um launched our gift wrap that gives campaign so we donate 10 percent of our profits from our gift wrap to charity and we've been running that for three four years so that's kind of like a big thing that we want to kind of keep going within our business um and then there's also other areas of our business that we can do so Martha and Hepsi is very much a kind of like it has a look it's very precise and we've, we're colourful we know that we're made in Britain and everything like that however I think understanding now that we've also got other facets to the to our kind of skill base and we want to be able to use those as well so like Martha and Hepsi is kind of um, running it's always going to be our baby we're going to always nurture it and stuff but there are things like for example what I'm doing at the moment talking to you going to be able to like to do that um, yeah. so we're kind of diversifying a little bit but kind of always keeping Martha and Hepsi at, um, at the focus and we just want to grow like we're only UK based at the moment and I would say we're a kind of like we're a little minnow um, so there are opportunities for us potentially in licensing we've created the design and we don't necessarily from a business point of view have to invest hugely we can partner with other people uh yeah there's like a go internationally like Etsy is international but our website isn't international so there's lots of like other options there yeah no it's huge potential with it because the designs are absolutely gorgeous yeah they're very transferable it's just a case of finding like the right partner and I think what we've done is kind of like we've grown our product collection to prove that it is transferable however from a kind of financial business point of view it would make sense for us to partner with other manufacturers rather than just mm. like totally like try and manage it all ourselves yeah because there's a yeah, I mean, I, I've never done anything with manufacturing, but yeah, I imagine it's a bit of a minefield. Well, and controlling yeah. stock. And, oh! Yeah, oh, yeah, it must be huge. Yeah. But, um, I can definitely see all this. This, Do you sell in John Lewis? Uh, we used to. We did do um, a John Lewis kind of like made local. So that was it was more northern. We did. Yeah, we, we worked with John Lewis and, and things like that. So, yeah, there's like just partnering with with other people and retailers and stuff there's yeah there's lots of options yeah well there's loads of potential I think the products are gorgeous and who does who decides on which designs you're going to do next 
So Martha is the main illustrator. We decided that to, to have some continuity in the designs, but we both kind of, we both brain dump with regards to themes, um, colours, products, and then Martha goes off um, and she hand illustrates and, and she'll kind of like uh, do several designs with several colours. She'll then like send them to me um, I'll comment and she hates me because I'll be like, oh, that, what's that? <laughs> but like, honesty is the best policy and we have a really good working relationship. So, um, and that's why it's brilliant that we don't work in the same office because I can just go, uh, no, I don't like that. And then like, she, she's steaming in Sheffield, but it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, so Martha is the main illustrator and then we kind of collaborate with um, the product designs or the well, the product development mm. um and the colors and things like that that sounds fun and uh, they are beautiful they're just uh, they're lovely i'm going to carry on having little brows on the website when we finish <laughs> because i love the puffin he's just like falling in love with that puffin um yeah so just a last question which i thought would be interesting if you had to start again would you do anything differently do you think uh yes Definitely. Um, I've so I've recently become a bit of a uh, a book sponge. So I've like I've gone back into like educating myself totally. Like before, I was all about being creative and relatively arrogant about kind of like I know what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. But actually, kind of I've reopened the education door and I'm like reading all about business development and everything like that. Um, and before creativeness was like very much at the heart of of what why we did it and we didn't want to know about like data money profit margins and all of that stuff and I think that if we were to start again we would it would need to be a holistic balance of all of that but like obviously our creativeness um an entrepreneur um, values at the, at the forefront but we need to look at the data and since I've kind of like embraced data and gone oh that's amazing like we we have been making loads of sales but actually we've been making no money like and understanding all of that would that's what I would do and I think that that kind of we're having to go backtrack a little bit to be able to go forward and do that and it I think being creative at heart it's hard to kind of like em, embrace those um other things but you, you just mm. have to otherwise and it's I now find, find it exciting looking at the data and looking at like that sort of thing but I don't think before I, I just didn't get it I just wanted to yeah. make stuff yeah, well, I think that, again, that's a common theme with anybody, like you say, who's creative and they're doing a business where they're producing something and, and being artistic or whatever. Yeah, we don't want to be sitting there with a spreadsheet looking at numbers. No. Boring and, you know, that's what bookkeepers or accountants do. But it is important, as you say, and, and if you can get that, you can get that side of things right, then it allows you more space and time and money to be creative and actually move forward with the business. Yeah. And want totally to like be able to disassociate yourself. So I think that's quite like hard. So before we'd be like, we would love a product, but 
the data would be telling us that nobody else would necessarily loved it as much as us and we would ignore that and that yeah. from a business point of view isn't isn't good because it means that you're yeah. you've got a stock holding so you've got cash tied up and stuff that people aren't going to buy um and you've just got to be able to go right I like it but it's not going to sell so let's I'll have one thanks but then we're not going to go into it again <laughs> Yes, and, and being able is important as well to, to actually acknowledge and say, do you know what? Mm, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. And be okay with that. Yeah. Beat yourself up about it, but just say, okay, win some, lose some. Yeah. And we definitely had, from a sales kind of like point of view, it'd be like, oh, you like, you love our stuff, have it for free. Like, you know, the, well, not have it for free, but like there was no like, <laughs> the the fact that someone liked our stuff was more important to us than the amount of money we were making from it and that's that's not good um and I think the other thing from a small business point of view that we've kind of um found is that you need to know your profit margins whether you're working on marketplaces telling you that they want something for example free postage don't just roll over and go okay I'll give you free postage because they're doing it for themselves they're not doing it for you you need to have a look at your numbers and go if they want free postage can I amortize the cost into yeah. my prices otherwise don't do it because you're not mm. going to make any money I honestly it makes you want to be sick when you have a look at the like the bottom line like we, we looked at it and we were like oh my god like we've bit like just horrid but so you know that people want it and actually now people understand that it costs to send things to yeah. people so don't Thanks, be like <laughs> don't worry about saying that you're going to charge someone to send it to them because it costs money we're all too used to the fine yeah well yeah. And getting free shipping and I'm, mm. I'm just like, well, how can anybody be making any money on this because it's cost them yeah. 3.99 to send it to me and there's packing they'll be yeah but the thing is they they're sending hundreds of thousands so like if they make one pence they're making a hundred thousand times one p so it like that's how but little people can't do that because we're not sending that volume out no i think people are starting to understand that a bit more aren't they and i think a lot of people yeah. will want to support the local the small businesses and i my kids at least they won't buy anything on amazon just out of principle they want to support an independent business which is great yeah yeah exactly this yeah there's the whole kind of like supporting small kindness economy stuff having uh what's uh, the words just disappeared a provenance so it kind of like if it's got provenance so like it's made it's designed by like martha and i it's made in england um it's from a smaller company that mm. adds value whereas if you're just buying something from amazon you know that it's like just being smashed yeah. out yeah. by machines yeah. 100%, 100%, 100%. Better myself. <laughs> <laughs> on, that, on that note I just want to say thank you ever so much for talking to me um it's been really interesting and I love your products I've said that already but I do they're amazing thank you for being somebody that supports British manufacturing for one as well uh, and I think that's so important and I wish you every success and I really look forward to seeing what you can do in the next couple of years and I want to see look forward to seeing your products in a shop that's what I look forward to as well yay <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you so much for having me. Let me waffle. It's quite all right. Thank you. 